Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass, there's a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. One week until our NFL draft preview, where we guess the same way as everybody else will this week, this year. <laughs> Seth, and, Seth and Sean Sports Radio here on Blog Talk Radio, BackSportsPage.com. It is a beautiful day in Atlanta. I am beginning my six-mile walk, but you know what? I'll have to go on mute every once in a while because I do understand it is a tad windy out. Seth Kamen's in New Jersey, still under quarantine, we both are. Hope you are all staying safe, first and foremost, appreciative of what you have, and that you are staying healthy at this time. And again, we'll all get through it. Seth, how you doing, buddy? Uh, hanging in. Uh, it's been a very, very, very weird first two weeks of April for me. Uh, usually I'm working until 11 o'clock every night. Can't really say I've been doing that. It's just been one weird stress after another. So April fifteenth ends and we'll kind of cut it, but our busy season for some weird reason continues. So, but everybody's healthy. Everybody's doing okay. I think it's gonna be worse. Yeah, normally around this time we're talking uh, opening day of the baseball season. Well, that preview went out the woodwork. Uh, NCAA brackets. The championship should have been last week. Well, that went out the woodwork. But we do have an NFL draft with Roger Goodell making his selections from his basement, which I actually love the idea. I think this will be it'll be a nice respite for a couple of hours, and then we'll all realize that we're waiting for football, waiting for baseball, waiting for basketball, waiting for hockey, and so on and so forth to continue. An interesting uh, an interesting article came out today. Chris Fowler was uh, addressing, or at least talking about, next year a college football season potentially from February till May. Not sure you heard about this. I, I was wondering your thoughts. You're, you're definitely more of the college football guy than I am. A February to May season seems... Doable weird. in the fact that you could it definitely weird would fill the uh void, right? I mean there's no XFL anymore, so it definitely would fill the the football void after the Super Bowl, if there is a Super Bowl. Supposedly there will be a vaccine by twenty twenty one. I mean that's I, I gather this is all predicated on that concept. But then that turns the 21-22 football season into a little mishmash, right? You have a draft in oh, April yeah, or May. Yeah, the 21-22 football season would be an absolute that The industry just had to have a football season from February to May and then a football season from September to January. Or it would be... At least it would be during my busy season, so I would actually have a lot to watch. So I could just spend more and more Saturdays at the office. And I could just see Carly just smacking me just for even thinking that out. She just smacked me right now. Thank you, honey. Um, look, it, it is what it is. It's a very awkward time. They're trying to, we're trying to figure out situations that work. And 
on the bright side, there would be no competition for college. I mean, college football and college basketball would be going on simultaneously, which would just be extraordinarily weird. But it's – I want them to have a season, so this is the way that it's done, and this is the way that it's done. Well, I think that there are a couple of things that go on here, right? First of all, that presumes that college basketball will be played. Like, if you're talking February to May for football, I would believe that the football powers that be are presuming that they will not be able to play football until January, February time frame. So does college basketball look into a four-month situation? And if you read The Athletic, which I know you and I both do, uh, I believe – I don't remember the, the, the author's name – but there was a question and answer about college football last week where they said if there was a truncated schedule, how would that work? And one of the solutions was, well, you don't really have to play out-of-conference schedules, right? I mean, for all the for all the championships and everything else, it's basically an in-conference schedule, except if you're Notre Dame. And where would that leave Notre Dame? And will this be a precipice for Notre Dame to join a conference? What is your thoughts? I don't think anything will be a precipice for Notre Dame to join a conference, even this. Uh, if they were going to join a conference, they would not want to. They would have to join the ACC, and that's where they're affiliated for basketball. You're not exactly going to split between sports, and I don't think they have any interest in being an ACC football team. Um, now, maybe if there an agreement could be reached for one year, would they do it? Potentially, um, but it, it's not something that there, there is no. Pre- there is nothing that would that would push Notre Dame towards playing football in a conference. But the whole, you know, the, between their football, between the TV contract with NBC, and their innate arrogance of greatness about their about their so-called greatness, that they believe they kind of believe they're above it from a football perspective, and always have. And so I, I don't see that. I don't see it happening. Too many games again. They're not going to cancel the academy games. They're not going to cancel USC. I don't. I just don't see it happening. Well, we've talked about this before, and the arrogance of Notre Dame with regards to college football and their NBC contract. I'm not really sure the NBC contract plays into it anymore. They're not getting that much more money than say a Big Ten team is getting for the Big Ten agreement. So is that really one of those items that you put on the on the shelf and say, we're not giving this up because of this? I think it's much more of the arrogance than it is anything having to do with an NBC contract. I'm sorry, I can't hear a word you're saying. Uh, I said I don't could they make the NBC contract even if they wanted to? Oh, well, that may be. I, I believe that contract runs out at the end of this year, by the way, 2021. So maybe not this year, but maybe next year. But but definitely something to think about when you get down to that. We're going to hopefully have uh, our buddy Nabate Isles on at 520, and he has done – I, I will say this. I don't give Nabate a lot of credit in general. Uh, we seem to we seem to clash a whole lot, starting with Jeff Bagwell and continuing on to this day. But he has done a, a really good job in posting what he believes. It's not a consensus opinion. Certainly what he believes are Mount Rushmore's and – all-time teams for, I believe, all of the NBA teams, which take a lot of – it takes a lot of work to get to that. And then I think he's three-quarters of the way done with the the Major League Baseball. Is that correct, uh, Seth? It's not about halfway. He's about halfway through. <laughs> and he's done a really good job. Now, there are definitely some players that I would have questions about, and I'm sure – 
he will take umbrage with whatever I say. I'm sure he will disagree with everything I say. And that's what makes sports fun is that you can do that. You can have these discussions, well, hopefully a discussion, with regards to some of these players and come to a resolution. But one of the lists that did conclude this week was Joe Pazanski's top 100. And, Seth, you and I have talked about this numerous times. We've had we've had Joe Poe on the, on the show. We hope to have him later this summer again. I'm sure every podcast wants Joe Pazanski on the show after that amount of writing that he did. And it's not even the amount of writing. You can write a huge book. You can write Winds of War. You can write Ulysses. You can write any one of these huge novellas if you want. I don't know about you. I hung on every word. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. And right now I kind of wish, and I told you this yesterday, I kind of wish I didn't read any of it because in the months that I did have sports, I was, I had super saturation due to his, due to his series. And now I'm just lacking any good material. Yeah, it's it's the best articles for that side of the too. Sixty-four red for red two weeks. We can't hear anything you're saying. Yeah, sometimes it's your fault. Um, I had never read anything to the extent of what he did on this, and. The amount of time, energy, the stories that came with it, and look, the ratings are going are never going to be agreed upon. They're never going to be consensus. I've never seen a baseball rating without Babe Ruth number one. But it doesn't really matter. It's, it's that's one person's opinion. But the caliber of stories that came, the narration that came with all hundred of these players, was incredible. It was. It was mes- it was it was vis- visually mesmerizing to read, and I I would be if I, I mean I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple of weeks I read through half of it again. Yeah, I, I, I would agree it. with you. And there there are definitely certain players I didn't read with the same intensity that of others, especially early on. Like the Ichiro was number a hundred, in case anybody's wondering, and number one was Willie Mays. I still haven't read the Willie Mays one, and I'm kind of wondering why I haven't read it. And then I realized, well, once I read it, it's over. I've read them all. So I'm kind of trying to hold on to it. It's kind of like my, my DVR right now. All these television shows are ending this week or next week. And so I'm kind of watching Netflix and watching all these shows, these series that I haven't watched before and holding all this new material on my DVR so when this new material runs out, I'll have something to look forward to. And I think that's why I haven't read the Maze one. And it took me a really couple of days to read the Henry Aaron one. And during the sports season, I was 7 o'clock on the elliptical waiting for that, for that next story to drop. It, it, was, it was really taking me – everything not to read them and now it's taking me everything to read them so what a great series and you're right Seth you don't have to agree with it and that's kind of why I was remarking about our good friend uh, Mr. Isles you have to agree with anything in sports it's 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 a conversation and there's no way look you can you can definitely agree that Babe Ruth was better than Babe Dahlgren I don't think there's any statistical comparison that you can say that Babe Dahlgren, and for those that don't know who Babe Dahlgren was, Babe Dahlgren uh, replaced Lou Gehrig at first base. I believe he played three or four years. You can, uh, everybody can agree that Babe, Babe Ruth was better than Babe Dahlgren. But at the end of the day, can you agree that Babe Ruth was better than Willie Mays? No. No, I mean, I have my own theory. My own theory is always show me a player that wins 100 games and hits 700 home runs, and you can tell me somebody's better than Babe Ruth. That's always going to be my theory, which means unless Otani from uh, from the Angels starts hitting 
home runs like it's nobody's business. Nobody will ever beat the base. But, again, my perspective, not everybody else's. It was very interesting to see that he included players that played in the Negro Leagues amongst players that we had just heard rumors about. I mean, nobody has stats for Oscar Charlton. Nobody has stats for Joe Rugen. Most people don't even know who Joe Rugen is. Um, I'll tell you one thing. I'll meet you at the Negro League Museum in Kansas City when this is all done, Seth. You could bring Jake. I think it would be a great trip. It would be. Yeah, I'm definitely in for that. And uh, there is a Ty Cobb Museum 64 miles from Atlanta. So I'll be going to that, too. It's things you learn in this in this series. What was the uh, who was the person that you were most surprised out in the in the series itself, or the best story that you can recall? Um, I'm actually pulling up the list right now, so bear with me a quick second. And it's. There were so many. It, it, it's hard to really remember. But here, began counting. So I think it was a little bit about reading about Oscar Charleston, who I knew nothing about. When I had heard when when I when they were doing this list and they were including Negro League players, which they absolutely should have, I assumed your top three were going to be Satchel Page, Cool Papa Bell, and Josh Gibson. Um, I didn't include Jackie Robinson in there simply because I just included I didn't, he played in the majors. Um, I had heard of Oscar Charleston, but nothing about him, and that he was ranked fifth all time blew my mind. Um, I thought that was amazing. I thought the Sam I thought the Sam Houston one was excellent. I think it was all good. Again, I don't think he took the rankings themselves too seriously. Um, I, I think I think it was more just writing about these players, getting their names out there. I mean, I, I find it ironic that Frank Robinson and Mike Schmidt are tied for 20 and both of their uniform numbers were 20. You know, I don't think he took that aspect of it too seriously. It was just talking about the no, he. He addressed, he addressed that. I believe it was in Hank Aaron's one. He addressed some of the numbers. And I think you're right. I think more to the point, what he did was, if you read anything by Matthew Barry about, or I uh, can't remember the other guy's name. Oh, Eric Carabell about fantasy. I think he put them in tiers. And he said, they could fall anywhere in that tier, right? So you have your, your tier one elite which is probably your top five to six. Then you have your tier two, tier three, tier four, tier five. And then he, I mean, Joe DiMaggio being 56, well, is Joe DiMaggio the 56th best player in the major league history? I don't know, but when I think of the number 56, it's Joe DiMaggio. I mean, it's not anybody else, so he made him the 56th number. I I totally agree. I don't think... I think he played to you and I as to this debate more than he did anything else when it came to the numbers. Yeah, I think that's pretty reasonable. I mean, were there any, were there any, were there any, what was your feeling that Mays was one? Well, like I said, I'll never agree that anybody's better than Babe Ruth. Uh, I, it's really hard for me to get there. Um, I was actually surprised by Hank Aaron being number four and Bob being I. number I three. Very high. I thought they were both. Those were both pretty high. Um, oh no! I thought Aaron deserved to be there. I don't I think that was high for Aaron. I do. So, I don't so think, who are I your don't... top five? So where where do your top five land? Obviously, Mays and Ruth are in there. So where are the other three? I'm going to take out Oscar Charleston because I, I just don't know enough to make yeah, that. Yeah, that's argument. fair. Um, 
one would be Ruth. Two would have been Maze. Three probably... Three probably would have been Mutual. Four would have been Bonds. Five would have been Ted Williams. Maybe switched Williams. Again, I'm doing off the top of my head. It's hard for me to put any of the pitchers... I mean, Aaron, I just never thought of Aaron at the top five of all time. Top 15, 20, yeah, five? Never. Again, maybe because there were no singularly sensational years that Aaron had. He didn't hit 400. He never hit 50 home runs. He never threat. He never hit a triple crown. I, I, I think he won MVP once. I could be wrong. Uh, maybe I'm wrong in the number. Maybe twice. Um... But, yeah, I probably would have – I may have had Ty Cobb in there. I may have had Onus Wagner in there. Again, with baseball, I kind of defer to some of the older players more than more than in any other sport. Um, I just – it wouldn't have occurred to me to have Aaron that high. So Bonds part, is impossible so to rate simply because of what's happened. Yep. Agree. And Bonds' story, the way that Posansky wrote it, was tremendous. And we talk about all these stories being tremendous, but let me outline. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for something, now we, Seth and I both subscribe to The Athletic. We're not, endorse, we're, we're not paid to endorse. We, we don't do ads on the show, although if somebody wants to sponsor us, we're happy to take their money. The fact is, if you're going to spend money during this time, and I'll tell you right now, my credit card bill was half of what it normally is because I'm not going out. So there is some, and truth be told, I'm employed, so I'm, I'm happy about that, and some people are not. I get that too. Spend the $8 on the athletic for one month and read all these stories. Like, it will make your day. And you don't have to watch TV to do it. It'll set you back in time to watching where you were when Barry, when Barry Bonds hit his home run, where you were when Ichiro made his throw, his cannon throw, that I've gone back and watched over and over again, amazed in his rookie year. But the way that he wrote Bonds was he wrote two stories. He wrote... Here's your story for your supporters of Barry Bonds, and here's your story for the haters of Barry Bonds. I'm not, I'm not saying I enjoyed the way it was written, because I really didn't, because I'm neither a supporter nor a hater. I acknowledge that crap happened. I acknowledge that Barry Bonds was, was a jerk. And I acknowledge that statistically... You look at Barry Bonds' baseball reference, you think somebody just put the bold face on, take it off. Because he leads every category every year. And his intentional walks are off the charts. I think they had said that he had over 120 intentional walks. And we can get the stats, but they're not necessary when I tell you that the next bat, the next most intentional walk in history was 45. <laughs> like, that's a, that's a Bo Jackson Techno Bowl year. So, it was, yeah. yeah. Go read them. Go read them. <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. I'm sorry. No, I mean... It was also an interesting guys I never would have thought of, you know, that I think, you know, I, I would, I, in a million years, would I have thought of George Brett over Christy Matthewson or Carl Yastrzemski at third over Roberto Clemente or over Tom Seaver. No, as I said, it's the enjoyment is not in the rankings. The enjoyment is in the reading of the stories. And Correct. You know, I, I highly advise, as I said, you brought up DiMaggio. Would you put DiMaggio under Chipper Jones or under Adrian Beltre or Al Calvin? No. But the 56 number kind of works. Exactly. 
you know, even reading about Archie Vaughn, who oh, I, I love that one. Nobody knew very much about other than me. <laughs> other than the guys that went to the Hall of Fame as kids and just read and read and read. Or that played micro league baseball and played with the old time pirates. Archie Vaughn was a left handed hitter that had more triples than anybody else in history. Why do I know that? He batted first on my all time pirates team. <laughs> I think the Bates, I think the Borat's the same problem we had last week where Debate's trying to call in in the in blog talk not taking it. Well maybe he calls you, buddy, and then you you just merge him in. Right that way. Try and, try and conference them in. But, um, yeah, I mean, most of these guys, I'll tell you a project that my buddy Jeremy Friedman and I had growing up. We would get the postcards of the Hall of Famers, very much the same postcard of Jeff Bagwell that I gave to our guest in the Bate Isles for his wedding. And we used to write everything we could think about of that Hall of Famer on the back of each postcard. We were trying to make up like a virtual Hall of Fame, which I later, which I later did in, uh, in my master's class on computer science. Yes, I have a master's degree. Um, but the fact was, this is how I got to learn about Max Carey and Archie Vaughn and Oscar Charlton and all these unknowns that I would say 96, 97% of all Baseball fans have no clue who these people are. Uh, Nabate, are you on? Nope, no, no, Nabate. How's it going? How's it going? Uh, Nabate, welcome to the show, my friend. It's been a long time. How's it going, gentlemen? So, so first, Nabate, how are you doing? How are you doing? Now, I'm an extrovert. I know you're an extrovert. How are you doing in this isolated world that we are living in right now? Oh man, it, it's it's um. I I keep thinking to myself so we're it's not going to be the same again. This this world and now we could be able to to go out and and and, and sit next to friends both and hang out and it's just um it's very frustrating. It's very um it's bizarre. Uh, never thought that our our life in our lifetime we would see something like this again, especially with the supposed modern technology that this country has and, and, and uh, the, the, the beat on being on top of the beat of medicine. And, you know, it's, it's, it's frustrating, but I'm coming in. I'm very healthy and blessed and hope, hope you and your families, everybody are, are healthy as well. And the listeners too. be safe, be healthy, and please stay home. Please. Wait, wait, someone's outside. Oh my God. Oh, that's me. No, 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 no. Yeah. You are allowed in the state of Georgia. Hold on. You are, you are allowed in the state of Georgia to take walks. It is encouraged for you to take walks. There is absolutely nobody on my side of the street at all. Okay, when good, there's good, somebody good. that comes towards me, I turn to the other side, go to the other side, unless I am, no, forget it, not time nor place. But anyway, that's just the way it works. But the fact is, I was actually okay. giving oh. you a whole lot of, I, I was giving you a whole lot of credit earlier on in the show, and I'm not sure you were listening to it. And if you were, I'm going to reiterate oh. it for the reason that you probably didn't believe it the first time you did here. <laughs> is the fact <laughs> is the fact that I have been enjoying your Mount Rushmore and your your teams, your your all time great teams. I had I. I gave you a whole lot of kudos. It does take a whole lot of work to do. Uh, I give you credit in doing that. Um, there has not been one player I have not heard of, which makes me feel a little bit good in that. I think I've heard of every player. Yeah, and, no, and can tell you, know, you. you know your stuff, man. There is not one yeah, player I, I, I haven't heard of on any of these teams. Seriously? No, not in the base, not in the baseball teams. In the basketball teams, oh. yes. In the baseball teams, no. Not one in the baseball team. I've heard of them. Wow. And I was actually surprised because I was like, oh, that's 
That's a middle reliever from the Mets. I know him. He was like 2006. I was like, wow, that's actually, I was impressed with myself. Anyway, that being said, Seth and I started this entire conversation about Mount Rushmore's, give, talking about that Hank, Steinbr- Hank Steinbrenner passed away today at a very young yeah. age, not from COVID, from, from liver disease, uh, according to reports. Yeah. And my question to Seth was, I believe George, Papa Bear, deserves a spot on the Yankees' Mount Rushmore. I think after the 1960s, when they were sold to CBS and they were going downhill, especially in the late 60s, they got, without George Steinbrenner, they are not the Yankees that we know of today. And I think that is the right of being on Mount Rushmore. And, and George Steinbrenner, we can debate the other three, although one of them better be a guy named Babe Ruth. But we can debate the other three. But I think George Steinbrenner's place on that, on that rock is solid. You know, but, but I know with the Mount Rushmore's, it's only for players, guys that have been on the field. Um, I think, yeah, if it was that, no, I, I agree with you. If it was more like figures, Yankee figure. I think, you know, from the standpoint of coaches or executives or, or you know, or, or owners, yes. Like, if you had to pick four people from a franchise, then absolutely George Steinbrenner for sure. I would put Brian Cashman. I would put uh, uh, I would put uh, Bill and I will put um, Stengel. Casey Stengel. Yeah, those four. But let's, you know, so, but, but, but no, but Nabate, mm-hmm. let's, let's merge the two. Let's merge them. Okay, you got four people that are mm-hmm. representative of that Yankee franchise. I can only think of really two other teams where I would put a manager, and I'm crossing sports here, but Connie Mack on the Athletics and Red Auerbach yep. on the Celtics. I can't think of many and others, pop, and I'm pop sure I'm missing one. And Good in the early the competition was so much more limited. 
Yeah, but, but DiMaggio's numbers, my friend. I mean, also, too, 56-game hitting streak, that will never be broken. Yeah, like he's, that a, right he's, there. A, he's a phenomenal player. I, 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 not, I understand the argument. Yeah, I, I just don't know if I agree. I'm not And I'll tell you, I don't agree Three MVPs make a difference. And I don't agree either. I don't agree with DiMaggio. I just don't. I, I, first of all, Steinbrenner belongs up there. If you don't want to put Steinbrenner up there, mm-hmm. I think you have to have a conduit to the later years, and that's Mickey Mantle, who had, I believe, two triple crowns, an MVP, at least one, maybe two, had five championships or six. I thought he said he had Mantle and, up there. No, he said Gary Mantle. Oh, you have Mantle. Okay. I said Bruce oh, and I probably Mantle, Mantle's the Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I probably. So, anyway, but I, I, again, full credence to you and that work that you did. What are you looking forward to oh, next week? We have in it. I'm sorry? Oh, thank you. No, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yes, indeed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I'm not replying because I'm just in awe of the work that you did. And quite frankly, I don't want to argue. We're good. Like it's subjective. We're, we're good. I don't. I don't need the arg. I don't need the argument. We're. We're. In a, I'm in a time of peace, love. Peace, love. Here, we don't need war. Let's make love. So anyway. So, so we're in an we're in an interesting uh, sports. Um, I don't know how to say it, season. I guess. And all we have is next week. You're in the radio business. A little bit of the TV business. What should we expect out of next week's draft? I mean, it's going to be. I still don't know how they're going to broadcast it. Um, I was post. I, I was actually it was funny. I was texting with. Uh, you know, I won't mention his name or anything, but I was texting with um, with the NFL head coach, and um, you know, very good dude, very good guy, and he was saying that. Pretty much, he's been home, doing everything from home, doing everything with scouting and, and getting a lot of tape and stuff. And um, you know, and I and I and I will ask them what are they planning, what is the team planning to do. I know there are some teams planning to uh, go in a room, like only five people from the front, you know, going in a room and being, you know, practicing major major social distancing. So, um, but yeah, but it's just it's just interesting that. You can't go to these pro days anymore to see, you know. So it looks like the combine, the starting combine, was their best opportunity, and they really have to look at that as like the best way of the last time that they see these players working out and and get to talk and interview with these players. Um, but it's a shame that they don't get to see the pro days. So I don't know to expect for this NFL draft. It's going to be interesting. I a lot of virtual stuff, I'm sure, um, with all the technology, all the, the technological things that you can do with production and with television. So I'm going to look look forward to it. I'm sure there's going to be some 3D animation, too. Like, they should add some of that as well. So it's going to be interesting, very, very uh, a production I'll keep you on your toes. I would totally agree with that. I'm, act- I'm actually more looking forward to the draft than I ever have before. Not necessarily because of the amount of sports that we're not getting, but for the fact that people are just going to sit and watch. Like, it's going to be the highest rated draft of all time. Seth, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Please, continue. No, what I think is going to be interesting is we're not going to get a lot of the interviews with the players, I don't think to the same degree, which I don't care about anyway. Because nobody ever has anything really interesting to see when you say, you know, I look forward to going to this team. You know, I'm going to work. I'm going to be at my best doing this. That, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be more analysis of the picks, which is what I enjoy. And it'll be, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, I don't need a lot of the kind of the over-the-top stuff I never have. I just kind of want, I just want to see the thought processes and see, you know, and I, I just enjoy the draft for what it is. And I, I don't never really need to hide the extra stuff that goes with it. And I think this is going to be kind of a more dirty, you know, down and dirty, gritty draft because of the, because this is the well, situation think, that we're in at this point. I think you're going to lose two things. First of all, you're going to lose this week coming up, the Monday through Friday, 
where you had rumors coming out, right? You had, oh, we think that the Raiders are high on Jordan Love or they're high on Jacob Eason, right? Because the only people that know any of this stuff are if the Raiders are high on him is John Gruden, Mike Mayock, and whatever family they have in their own rooms because their boards are in their basements. So if there are leaks, where are those coming from? Like, I don't take – normally I feel like I can take a leak during the week before as someone of – like, you you talk to Schefter, you you listen to Schefter, you listen to Mort, and you say, oh, there are leaks coming out, and you take them with pretty much veracity. Now you're kind of going, how the heck did they get that? Was it the babysitter that was there or the dog sitter that took that off the board? And I think I'm going to miss that part. And I'm going to, I think there'll be less trades than there have been in the past because of it. Because there's just less communication going. Yeah. So I, I, it, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, but, but they're, they're going to have to, um, in the next week or so, leading like that. I mean, there's going to be a lot of internet, you know, of course, internet activity. I'm sure they're doing, doing some modern technology within the team for communication um, to be able to, to create staff rooms. Like, I'm sure they're hiring. And now it's the best time with, you know, everyone working from home. I'm sure they're hiring consultants to create, like, apps or software so they can communicate as well, especially leading up to the draft. Because you, you, want, you want to have as much communication as possible beforehand because during the draft, it gets interfered. So I'm sure they're doing a lot. That's the great thing about the technology that's going on today. And it's going to be interesting, you know. And it gives time, like I said, with the production, going back to the production, it gives time for ESPN ABC uh, to really come up with some creative factors. So Totally agree. So, so well, I think Nabate, give us the big. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, Sean. I was gonna say, Nabate, the big question to me is both of us being Giant fans. What is your preference? Is it to take at four? My preference personally is to trade back from four to either San Diego at six, Jacksonville, whoever wants to move up. At four, I assume we probably go with Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. At um. At nine, you know, at six or at nine, we're going offensive linemen because those, I mean, those are, my preference is to move back. We need picks. Considering we blew our third-round third pick on, 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 on the Leonard Williams trade, um, which I know Sean has been smiling about for the last eight months. So what is your preference? I wish we straight back. I agree with you. Um, I think Isaiah Simmons is a tremendous player, but guess what? I, I wouldn't be – what if he falls down to nine and you get more – you never know. If he falls down to nine, you would have to take him over offensive lineman unless you could get another um, another first-round pick. You know what I mean? Right. So um, so I, I think I think definitely – because I see Isaiah Simmons falling down. I really do. I, I Like, no one's really looking for a linebacker. I, you know, I mean, really not, you know, like offensive linemen are being looked at. Um, you know, of course, quarterbacks, there's going to be three quarterbacks taken up top. Could be four. You never know. You never know. Someone could reach down for John in love. You never know. Um, so so that's the thing. I, I think I think someone like a Simmons could end up falling in the Giants anyway at nine. And then you would have to take him at nine. But but if Simmons goes, then you need offensive. You need a tackle. No question about it. Especially with Danny Dimes and his fumbling issues which I hope he's really getting together. Well, now he can't get it together. You know why? Because with social distancing, he can't, he can't have someone that's going to be touching him and trying to get the ball out of his hands. So, <laughs> so he's going to have to work, worry, we know, work with us out. The, the Bob um, Dallas is, is willing to drive, is willing to drive to Daniel Jones' home and, and <laughs> snap to him with a mask, with a mask. I'll tell you guys. I hope you take. I hope you take Isaiah Simmons. I really do because that's one less offensive lineman that will be taken before my Jets go at eleven. Um, I think you're going to see either Simmons and Nabate. I can't believe I'm saying this. I agree with you. Yes, that's twice in an hour that I've actually agreed with you. Um, 
I think you're going to see either Simmons or the cornerback drop. I can't remember the guy, Jeff, uh, what? Jeff uh, Okuda. Oaken, something. Okuda. Okuda. I think yeah. either he or, or Simmons drops. I think one of those two guys drops, mm-hmm. and either one of them will be there at 11 for the Jets. One of the two. And oh. my worst fear, oh, what? I will tell you. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. I will tell you. My, my worst fear is that the Jets have one of those two guys and an offensive lineman sitting right there. And they say, oh, well, the board says I need an offensive lineman. But the value <laughs> says that I need, a, I need another middle linebacker after paying C.J. Mosley $17 million. Or, Jeff, or we do need a corner. But to me, I don't care. I don't want a corner. I want a guy that will keep Sam Darnold's butt off the ground. And I, uh, the, only, the only semblance of my sanity is that we have a real GM this year in Joe Douglas that I like, who's been making good moves. And if he sees Andrew Thomas, Isaiah Simmons, and Akuna there, he's going to be like, nope, I need Thomas. I need a lineman. And I'll be like, thank God we finally got somebody. But please, for the love of God, Dave Gettleman, do not get new DNA. Do not trade down. Go on the defensive side of the ball where you always like to be. And go get your Luke Cakley. We would love it. The Jets would love it. It would just be one more pick without an alignment. But, yes, I I believe that – I'm sorry? Let me ask you something now. But I think – oh, real quick, real quick, though. I'm sorry. Before before you ask that question, I'm sorry. I think Okuda Okuda won't fall down, though. He won't because lockdown corner – you know, when you have someone like that, especially someone that went to the Ohio State University and was part of, I would say, probably the best football conference in the, in the nation last year, the Big Ten, and Akuda with Ohio State. And, and you look at all those guys that have come out of Ohio State, like Denzel Ward and, Mar- and Marshawn Lattimore recently, they come from that pedigree. I think Okuda has fallen past five, like five or six. You know what I mean? I actually well, agree. Five, remember, five – whoa, whoa. If he gets past Detroit, okay, if Detroit at three does not take him, do the Giants take him at four? No. Okay. I would. So you know. I would totally, okay. I would totally do that. I would totally, if the, if the Giants all, have the fourth pick, if they don't trade down. Well, no, we're assuming the Giants have the fourth pick. So, so Giants don't okay, take I, him. Okay, I would, I would take so, so, Yes, I would take So them. now we're at so, – so now we're at five – well, Okay, Nabate, I'm assuming the Giants don't take him because the Giants have the last cornerback that they took in the first round before last year at 30 was a long time ago. And it wasn't a Gettleman pick. So, number five is Miami. I don't think Miami's taking Okuna. They have two cornerbacks that are being paid $17 million each. Not going there. San Diego has three cornerbacks, each earning $8 million. Ain't going there. Now we're up to seven, eight, nine, who all want linemen. And the Browns are in there with Denzel Ward. They're not going to go take another corner. And maybe and the Jags have Greedy Williams, too. And they got Greedy Williams, too. Maybe the Jags Jack- take a corner, but after they lost, maybe, lost yeah, the Jacks would totally. I think the Jacks. He doesn't fall. He doesn't fall past eight. Because the, the Jacks would take okay. him to replace Jalen Ramsey. They would definitely do that. Okay, and so so let's presume here that the Giants don't take Simmons. They take an offensive line. Okay, I'm 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 playing this out. So the so the Detroit makes a Detroit makes a trade out. Okay, the Giants don't take Simmons. That means Simmons is going to drop to 11 in that scenario. Because the Giants aren't taking him, and neither are any of the other teams. He will drop I don't buy to the it for, I don't buy it for a second. Number one, well, you the tell me another team that's going to take him. I think Carolina would take him as a replacement to Keekly. I think that's Jacksonville true. would yeah, take him. Above. 
So, no. Look, there think- are eight offensive linemen that are going to go in the top 50. If the Giants go Simmons at four, there's a very good chance at 36 they go Austin Jackson, the offensive lineman from USC, or they go Josh uh, Jones from Houston. There are a lot of very heavy wide receivers. Why are you going to linemen at and not wide out, where you have no wide out? Because you can get No, no, no. I was presu- Brandon- Hold on. I was presuming that the Giants were not taking Simmons. It was all predicated on the Giants not taking Simmons. Well, you said that Akuda. You're talking about Akuda dropping. Akuda, yeah, I don't I think, think Akuda. I think Akuda is there. I think Detroit, unless Detroit trades down, and the only way I think Detroit trades down is if San Diego or Miami trades up to get the quarterback to get to it. So you're talking five or six. Remember. Detroit's GM and coach is pretty much win or leave this year. This is their option. They have no other option. Yep. They'll be fine. They'll be fired. Yep. They have no corners. Yep. The Giants just yep. spend seventeen million or fifteen million a year on a corner. Drafted DeAndre. Draft used a supplemental on guy Sam I'm not Beal saying the Giants two years would take ago. Him. I don't think the Giants take him. I don't think it makes sense. No. For what they no, they don't. Absolutely not. No chance. So, I, I I'm just saying. I think Akuda could be there at 11, along with Simmons. It's possible. But you're right. Carolina is the spot for Simmons, no question. And I think that you may see Derek Brown picked earlier than you think, because the thing that Detroit also needs is an inside rush who they haven't had since they traded away or they let go of Ezekiel and uh, Kilmer, the guy's last name. Ziggy Answer. Ziggy Answer. There you go. Ziggy Answer. Thank you, Ziggy Answer. I'm pointing I'm pointing north. As a guest, you have, you have <laughs> You have the two. Let's say you have two of the four offensive linemen are left. Say Beckton and Andrew Thomas are left, and two and the three wideouts are there. Judy Rugg, yep. C.C. Lamb. What do you want? Yep. Beckton, 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 Beckton. I run the card up. This is like draft day. How fast can I run the card up to get it to Beckton? I'll get my wide receiver in the second round. You're not getting Jerry Judy value in the second round. You're right. That's the problem. But you could get Mike. You could get Michael Pittman in the second round. You could get Van Jefferson. Yeah, they in the got. There's, there's like ten receivers that can be drafted in the first forty to fifty picks for sure. That's right. But, but I'll take one of that. Who, where would you go? Would you go lineman or would you go wide out? <laughs> I would I would have to go wide out. I gotta get I gotta be explosive. You gotta give Darno weapons. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. The last two years he's been hampered by inconsistency at the wide receiver position. You gotta get a Judy or you gotta get a a Fiji Lamb. You gotta get explosiveness. I think Judy, like I said, Judy to me is the best receiver in the draft. I would get Judy for sure. Like you so gotta get weapons around him. You have the well. That's so three for three. Wide out in the league. I know. Well, you, well, first of all, let me give, you, let me give credit to the boss. We are now agreeing on three things in one hour. Well, you just said, is I wait, totally wait, agree you with you. Just you to say, I just asked you the same no, question. Judy, you said you wanted no. No, I said Judy's the best wideout in the, in the draft. I didn't oh, yeah. say I want right. him. I said he's a He's the best wideout. I do want Beckton. That doesn't necessarily mean Judy's not the best wideout in the draft. Judy's the best wide out in the draft. I don't want him. I don't want him at 11. Because in order to get that explosiveness to the Bate, you need to be able to take more than three steps before being on your ass. And the one thing that the Jets don't have yep. is linemen. Yeah, but, but also, but also too, you can actually get linemen down the road, like, from the standpoint of, like, you want to have trans, you want to have, um, talent that can make a that can be able to make a transformation 
And that was the problem with Darnold. His real weakness was that he didn't have anyone to depend on to throw the football to. So he has nobody now. You got to go with talent that can be there for eight to ten years and and be and be at least like a pro a four or five time Pro Bowl. Because if Judy's a four or five time Pro Bowler, then his career is success. That's mid first round when you're a four to five time Pro Bowler, uh, one or two time All Pro, something like that. So I, I know you got to get offensive linemen, but you can build. You know, depend build get, get someone in the second round and, and depend on. Depend on your scouting to do that, you know, or get like well, now free agency is kind of off. There are a couple of linemen left in free agency. Try to build depth with the line with linemen, but I, I would rather have weapons personally. Because I mean, Donald needs that at this time of his career. Sean, Sean, we got five minutes left, so I wanted to to talk about yeah. his podcast where it's at and yeah. kind of give him a little sure. bit of love for coming on. So, Bate, talk about the show. Have talk about your show, which has been fantastic. Which you've been doing oh, about ten episodes of. Oh no, I, I thank y'all so much for having me uh, promote where they at. It's my podcast, um, where they at, which is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, as well as uh, iHeart Radio. Um, it's been great. I, I interview retired athletes, um, very elite retired athletes. Uh, the last episode that came out was with the great Nancy Lieberman. Uh, it's great to talk with her. A tremendous, you know, tremendous pioneer. I mean, she's coached men. She's played against men. She's mentored great players like Kobe Bryant. She was a mentor too. Um, she was great. And then before her, I talked to the great Kenny Anderson, like one of the greatest basketball players that ever come out of New York City. Uh, you know, his career didn't pan out like it could have. He still had a, a good career, still had a solid career. Um, so it was good to talk with him, and then he went through a lot, a lot of, a lot of problems, you know, a lot of personal problems and everything, which was documented in his documentary. Uh, so coming up, yeah, I, I've been taping some episodes, and I, I have coming up on uh, Dan O'Brien, the Olympic gold medalist, the captain uh, from from Darren and Dave fame, uh, and Dan O'Brien, one of the greatest Olympic athletes ever, American Olympic athletes. I had the honor to talk with him. I taped that, so I'm going to release that this week. As well as um, my talk with Boss Rutten, who's a good friend of mine, the great Boss Rutten MMA. Uh, Hold on. You have friends in MMA? (laughs) (laughs) I'm speechless. Well, well, it was a small world because Boss Rutten, I met him in Paris, a gig I did out in Paris. For a great actor named Holt McCollany. He he's one of the stars of Mindhunter on Netflix. And uh, oh, I did great my, show. Great uh, show. Oh yeah, he's amazing. He plays um 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 Chent, uh Bill um Bill Fent. Um so Yeah, great show. So yeah, so uh, yeah, it is, it is. And and Holt did a nice thing for his mother's ninetieth birthday in Paris in which he had uh like like songs and, and jazz and uh, and he invited me to come out and play and that's how I met Boss because him and Holt are very good friends. So so Boss, yeah, you know, Boss is great and talked to him so he's gonna be on the on the sixteenth episode of where they at. So I'm I'm happy and then and then I'm having a hip hop legend which is different from an athlete but he's a hip hop legend that I'm having on the following um time and by the name of Chuck D for Public Enemy. So Phil okay. on you know filling up people, you know, like it's so great to have them all. So That's fantastic. Well, Navate, Navate, it's been great having you. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure, pleasure my guy. We'll have Absolutely. you on. We'll have you on in a month or two. Hopefully we'll we'll be in a different uh frame of sports world by that point. So anyway, next week, next week, NFL preview. NFL draft preview, excuse me, where Seth and I make our guesses on the NFL draft for this year, just along with everybody else. Guys, stay safe. If you need to take a walk, make sure nobody's on the road with you. And come back and hear us again next week. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely go through the NFL draft. Seth, you got about 45 seconds, my friend. I guess Seth dropped because I bet you he thought that he had to drop in order for Nabate to drop. So anyway, for Seth Kamen, this is Sean Palmer, BackSportsBage.com, Blog Talk Radio, 
We'll check you next week for our NFL Draft Preview. Again, stay safe, everybody. We'll see you next week. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.